Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. Coming at you in 2024 with my first podcast of the year. So, let's talk about my trading routine. I got an email here from a guy. He wants to be called Clinton Tyree. That don't use people's real names because I try to respect privacy. Even if they really want their real names to be used, you just don't know in like 10, 15 years that they're going to regret that decision. So, almost every case, I don't use their real name. There's only been a handful of people that I have used their real name. But that was because they asked me to. So, this guy, Clinton Tyree, which, by the way, that's a name from a book. I looked it up. I was, I'm not that smart to know offhand what Clinton Tyree is, but from a book called Double Whammy. I've never read it, but I'm sure it's a good one. He writes, hi, Ryan, Merry Christmas, and I hope you and your family are enjoying some downtime over the holidays. I've been wanting to ask you for a while, and I thought it was thematically, thematically, I think that's the right way you say it, thematically appropriate given the new year and people's tendency to recalibrate. What is your daily, weekly routine? I distinctly recall you mentioned that in 2022 downturn, you were rarely making trades. However, I suspect that was not proportionate to the actual work and study you were doing. I'm trying to develop my own rhythms and would really like to know how you structure your days in reference to trading. I hope this question is one that you find appropriate for your podcast. Thanks, as always, for the great content. And as a pre-2020 listener, your production quality continues to improve. Although I do miss the whiskey reviews, and I don't even drink it. Sincerely, Clinton Tyree. So quick mention about the whiskey reviews. I used to do those all the time for the new listeners. And I would incorporate that into stock trading. I, I would drink whiskey and talk about stocks. I do miss that to a certain degree. The problem is, is I don't have anywhere to put the whiskey at. So, you know, it, shelves kind of got filled up there and I don't have enough friends drinking it when they come over. So that's kind of where the whiskey reviews went. And I got constantly emails about some people liking it, some people not. Some people saying that I was causing them to go back into alcoholism. <laughs> so decide, okay, let's just hold off on that. Maybe it'll come back in the future, whatnot. But any case. My stock market trading routine. That's what we're going to talk about here. So I live on the East Coast, and the reason why I bring that up is because it plays a key role in your routine. Stock market on the East Coast opens up at 9.30 a.m. On the West Coast, if I was living on the West Coast, that would be at 6.30 a.m. Now, that's a big deal for me because I'm more of a night person. Market opening up at 9.30 is ideal, though I, I will say this. It'd be nice for the trading to be done at 1 p.m. And I could do a lot of research at 1 p.m. to from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And, and still be like a regular day job. But on the other hand, getting up at 6.30 in the morning, that would it's not so much the fact that I have to get up at 6.30. In fact, I have to get up before the market opens. I don't want to be like rolling out of bed and the, the bell is ringing. That's where it would be difficult. I know some traders that live on the West Coast and they're waking up at like 4.30 in the morning to do their trading and. I'm just not built for that. <laughs> so maybe there was a time and place in my life where I was, but not anymore. So I get up about 6.30 because the market opens up at 9.30. And that's where I start doing a little bit of my research into, okay, what did the futures do overnight? What are some of the breaking news? How are my current positions affected? 
if there's going to be a large gap down or a gap higher, how am I going to manage those positions relative to that? Now, back up a little bit, and my schedule really starts on a Sunday night. Usually on Sunday nights is when I start doing some of my heavy scanning. This is where I'll do the most watch list prep work. I keep a master bullish watch list, and I keep a master bearish watch list. And then throughout the week, I'm working off of those two watch lists. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not adding to those during the week, but I do the heaviest amount of screening on Sunday night. This is where I'm probably sitting down and going through five, six, seven hundred stocks. It's a ton of stocks, small caps, large caps, you name them, going through a whole bunch. Outside of my scans, I also keep a must-watch stock list, and that's about 100 or so stocks that I'm always going to want to be reviewing each and every day for the most part, but I definitely go through them in greater detail on Sunday night. The reason why I like doing it on Sunday night is because by that point, I have a couple of days behind me. If I had a rough week of trading the week before, even if I had a good week, that's now kind of behind me. I feel a little bit separated from it. It's Sunday night. It's usually really quiet. People are getting ready for the week. So in my household, people are starting to go to sleep at that time. And like I said, I'm a night person, so I kind of relish the quiet time at night. And I'll start to go through all these watch lists. And doing that before the market opens on a Monday morning where you're starting to feel the pressures of the gap higher, or the gap lower, or just whatever news might have broken Monday morning with downgrades and upgrades. On a Sunday night, you're not really being influenced by any of that. It's still pretty quiet. Yes, the futures have opened up by then. I used to also go, this is before I started doing it on Sunday nights. I used to do it on Friday nights. I was also single at that time, but I would go out to uh, Moe's Fast Food Restaurant. It's a Mexican restaurant. I had this little corner booth. <laughs> You'd think I, this was like five dining the way I'm, I'm explaining it, but I'd go into the corner booth. I'd bring my laptop with me, and I'd just go through the charts. And at the time, I was using a notebook, and I would jot all my stuff down in there of the stocks that I was going to be watching for the next week ahead. But I also found that sometimes when I was doing those scans on a Friday night, I was exhausted. I was exhausted from the week that had just completed. I still felt some of the emotional toils of that week. So I think doing it on Sunday night has really been helpful for me. So Sunday nights, I do the heavy screening. Then Monday morning, waking up 6.30, maybe sometimes if I was up late the night before doing some of those screens, try to get about seven hours of sleep, six to seven. But I also have to be, as I'm doing this podcast, I also have to be considerate of the fact that my approach is going to be a little bit more unique than the regular trader, not because I'm any more important, but because I also do a lot of charts and a lot of research for the public that I offer through trading block and, and through swing trade in the stock market as well. So there's a lot of research that's ongoing throughout the day. So even during the trading day, when the market's open, I'm still doing tons of research, but during different segments of the day, I'm usually doing different types of trading. So from six 30 to nine 30 in the morning, I'm waking up, making my coffee, eating a little breakfast sandwich or something, get something in the belly. And then I'll go upstairs always curious about news that might be breaking in the morning or happened overnight, looking at the pre-market, seeing where the futures are, seeing where maybe the VIX is going to open up at, what are the yields doing in the bond market? Those are the kinds of things that I'm watching. And I'm also putting together a watch list, the stocks that I might be able to trade during the regular trading session. I'm starting to look at that watch list. I'm compiling that. And that's going to usually entail anywhere between like three to six stocks that I'm really honed in on. And then once the market opens, 
usually you're going to get a couple of them that just fall by the wayside. They open up and they just go straight down when you were looking for a breakout. They just aren't performing. So you're going to take some of those out. So then by the time the market opens, I'm probably looking at somewhere between like two to four stocks that have my attention. Now at 930, and I've talked about this in previous podcast episodes, how I use a top-down trading strategy. So at 930, I'm really trying to get a feel for where that market's going that day. Because if the market's just going to sell off the whole day, why bother with new long swing trades? doesn't make much sense because I'm going to be like a fish swimming you know, against the tide or go, you know, swimming upstream. So it doesn't make much sense for me to try to initiate new swing trades when the market's just selling off hard and fast. So I, do, I definitely don't want to do that because more than likely that trade setup, if it does break out, it's not going to stick. So the market direction is going to play a huge role in that. So I'm looking at the market direction. I'm looking at the breadth in the market. So advancers and decliners, that's one of the aspects that I like to look at pretty closely. You know, what is the number of stocks advancing on the NYSE versus the number of stocks that are declining? I want to look at that ratio. Is it two to one in favor of advancing? That's a pretty strong reading. If it's three or four to one, it's a really strong reading. But if you got a market that's advancing higher, but you have a negative breadth, that's going to be a little bit of a red flag for me. I'm looking at the ticks at the open. How strong is the buy-in? And the ticks, for those who don't know, your ticks are going to be the net difference at any point in time in the market of stocks that are going higher versus lower. It doesn't mean that they're higher overall on day. It's just at that moment, they ticked higher. Looking at the 10-year, that's going to be important. Looking at crude, that's important as well because that's going to drive the energy sector. And it could also hurt some other sectors. Going to look at commodities like gold and silver. I'm also going to look at whether it's the small caps moving the market or the large caps. If it's small caps, it's going to have more of an effect on breadth because there's so many more smaller cap stocks than there are larger cap stocks. And then, of course, the volatility. How is the volatility lining up with what the overall market's doing? Is there any divergences there? And then I'm looking at what sectors are leading because if the market's rallying, you got eight out of 11 sectors rallying, but the one sector that's failing to rally is let's say healthcare. Well, I don't want to be trying to get long on healthcare stocks. So that might scratch another stock off of my watch list if one's on there. So I want to see what sectors are leading, which ones are lagging. And then I also want to see too, what are the big tech stocks doing? And the eight that I'm most concerned with is the FANG stocks that you hear. Some people call them the Magnificent Seven. I think that's kind of crazy. They're really like the FOMO Seven, but I also like to include Netflix, which is dropped off of a lot of people's radars in terms of including it in the big tech plays. I still do. Maybe I'm just a traditionalist, but for those who don't know what stocks I'm talking about, it's Meta, formerly known as Facebook. You have Amazon, Apple, Netflix, NVIDIA, Google, Microsoft, and Tesla. Don't think I forgot any. Those are the stocks. So if I'm seeing negative breadth where, okay, we got three to one breadth to the downside where three stocks are declining for every one that's going up, but I'm looking at the large caps and you've got seven out of eight trading higher. Okay. I have a feel that either it's a flight to safety with the big techs. That's something that we've seen a lot of during 2023, or if the market's rallying, it could be, and we have negative breath. It's really just a handful of stocks that's moving it. So I don't know if I want to be putting a lot of faith in other stocks outside of the big tech place. So that's what I'm looking at from nine 30 to 10. It's a lot. I do some of my most work during that period of time. And then after 10 o'clock, or for the, the West Coast, that would be 7 a.m., then I'm starting to look at what am I going to trade? What, what do I want to get into right now? What's breaking out? If it's going to be a while before it might break out, maybe it's I'm waiting for that breakout and it's a couple bucks away on a 
$50 stock or something, I'll put an entry price for it. And then from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., that's going to be your dead time in the market. You know, if you don't have any other obligations, then that could be the time to get a quick workout in, get your lunch in, because that's where the volume really sinks down. doesn't mean that there can't be any wild action during that time. There can be, and we've seen it plenty of times. But overall, that's where you have a lot less volume, where the market tends to settle in a little bit after whatever direction it's trading in, following the first hour and a half of trading. And then it picks up again from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Now, news has become a lot less relevant to me just because there's so much of it. If you were essentially saying, okay, I'm not going to trade around any major news events, you'd probably never trade. There's something every day, whether it's CPI or PPI or PCE or OOP. Yeah, you know, (laughs) there's no OOP, but uh, that's a crisscross reference from the 1990s, I think. Some of you guys will get that. But there's Fed minutes, there's the beige book from the Fed, there's the FOMC, there's the FOMC presser, there's the Fed talk going on with all the governors on a regular basis. I mean, sometimes you'll have like seven or eight Fed governors talk. Okay, if, if you're going to wait till all those things pass, you you would always be waiting. You've got GDP, you've got employment numbers, you've got jobless claims. It's a ton of stuff out there. So it's not that the news is not relevant. There's just so much of it, you can't really trade around it. So it, it's kind of, it comes with the, it's not like earnings, for instance, where, okay, a stock reports earnings four times a year. So obviously I'm not going to be in a stock that's reporting earnings. Like if I want to be constantly an Apple from a swing trading standpoint, I'm not going to be in it at least four times during the year because of the time that it reports earnings. And the influence of the Fed too, along with all the news pieces that are constantly hitting us all the time, it seems like. The Fed's influence is so heavy on the market now. Markets, especially in 2023, so much less about earnings and profit potential and long-term potential for a stock and much more about what is the Fed doing with interest rates. I mean, that's really what's the main driver of the market these days. So then once you get closer to the close, then what? Around 3 p.m., I'm starting to get an idea for what I'm going to be closing out, whether it's you know a partial position, a full position, or you know, what profits I'm going to be taking or what losers I'm going to be closing out. That's really what I'm prepping myself for from about 3 p.m. onwards. Now, throughout the day, I'm doing videos, and maybe this is a good segue for promoting swing trade in the stockmarket.com. This is a great service that gives you all of my stock market research each and every day. I mean, it's really good stuff. So I would highly encourage you to check it out, and you'll gain a lot of good insight from the research that I do throughout the day. I mean, we're talking about multiple videos and watch lists. I was just talking about you get all those things so check that out you're going to support the podcast in the process and then all right so we get through the session ding 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 the closing bell has come and gone from about 4 to 4 15 I just like to take a breather man (laughs) I really do I mean it's like okay we got through the end of the day I'm usually just going to kick back maybe I'll open up my phone and do wordle or something but I just want to take a little bit of break I'll go downstairs see the wife see how her day was at work. And then from 4.15 to 5.30, I'm going back up. I'm doing research or I'm just, you know, updating charts, updating some of my reads on the market overall and just kind of prepping for the following day. So that's pretty much what my day looks like in terms of daily routine. Now, sure, there's a lot of stuff that I do along the way, like doing this podcast, you know, but usually that's stuff I do at night. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, make sure to leave me a five-star review. I really appreciate those things. I can't get enough of them. It really does help promote the podcast and to get it some more views. 
And check out SwingTradeInTheStockMarket.com. And like Clinton Tyree did here, send me your questions. Tell me your stories. I want to hear about them. I want to make a podcast episode out of them. They mean a lot to me. And I would be willing to bet that the questions that you have for me are probably ones that are being thought of as well by others. They just don't want to email me. So if you have a question, send it to me. Very good chance I will make a podcast episode out of it. So thank you guys. And God bless. And God bless you in 2024, too, man. we got a long year ahead of us here. Hopefully, not in a bad way, but, you know, 365-plus days. I think we got 366 this year. There's a lot that can go down in that time. So stay the course, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world, with your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash tradingblock. That's www.shareplanner.com slash tradingblock. And follow me on Shareplanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.